Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 326, covering Civilization and Fortunate Son, with Mark Bosco. Hi, friends. Bob's here. Hello. Hey, Bob. Hi. How's how's your Bob? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good Bobbin. What is your before we get into this? What is your overall take on Enterprise? Because you've you've seen it. You you've uh, you've been here before us. So well, I mean, I saw it years ago, and I kind of. I I actually kind of liked the first season when I watched it before. I thought mm-hmm. it was like the most Star Trekky, and then in third season they get into this whole terrorism allegory thing, mm-hmm. and it was I was like, ugh, go away. But yeah, I I, I mean, don't know. it was 2003. That doesn't surprise me too much. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of feel like I well, <laughs> I'll I'll get to that in the third season. But I. I don't know. I'm not enjoying it as much as I remembered enjoying it the first time. Mm. Did we? Are we having the effect of talking people out of enjoying a thing they used to like? Because that's not good. I mean, I, I think know. Enterprise is doing that just fine on its own with its boring yeah. episodes and dull characters. Maybe I've just grown yeah. as a person. Well, maybe it's having the context of all Star Trek behind you because you're watching more or less with us all along. Yeah. I haven't been could just catching up on Enterprise right now. I watched the pilot, and then I watched these two episodes. But I mean, I've seen the yeah, but others before, but not... But this is, what, number seven and eight, I think? Like, yeah. there's, there's not much to have seen at this point. Yeah. So. so you, But you still have the totality of Star Trek prior to this to compare it to now, whereas maybe before you didn't. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm, I miss Voyager, because I, I like some of the characters, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet, but I'm just about to the point where I, I'm ready to say I miss Voyager. Not not just yet, I, I assume. I miss Seven of Nine, at least. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I miss Janeway. Yeah. I miss a captain I like, which applies yes. to every other show. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still not liking Archer very much here. He's kind of a no. dick. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, kind just, of a lot of a dick. I mean, I, I know it's uh, old history on your podcast, but just like watching the, you know, the premiere episode of it is just like, wow, this is, these guys are all assholes to each other. You know, yeah. The, the uh-huh. Starfleet guys are assholes and the, even the Vulcans are being assholes. And it's like, what is going on? Everyone's a jerk. Yeah. Stop being jerks, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Can't we all just well, get along? See- they're like, okay, well, uh, now that Gene is completely gone, we can do a show with conflict, so let's make everyone a dick. He's, yeah, that's not what we that's wanted. That's not really conflict. Like, really quite completely no. dead. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get started with maybe the most generically named uh, episode in the in Star Trek history. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, almost. No, nah, unexpected's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. It's no, it's no Eye of the Beholder. Ah, it's true. Eye of the Beholder was, yeah. <laughs> but this this is way up there in the t- in terms of what the, so, hmm, civilization. This could be anything. Uh huh. Yep. It could, but, uh, it could be Sid Meier's Civilization Six. Yes. <laughs> um, I got no, I got no, uh, no, no follow up for that. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, guys, I've just feeling... guys. My people have just created granary. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Oh, so all right. See, that's. You're right, welcome. That's a granary. That's not a. That's not a technology. That's a. That's a, a building an improvement. Mm-hmm. Mine just built space shuttle. Damn it! Oh, damn it! Oh, I miss the space shuttle. Should I? Should I be watching? Uh, should I be hearing Faith of the Heart while you guys are describing <laughs> all the technologies you're creating? Yes, yes. definitely. Okay. 
Bob, why don't you why don't you help clarify, fill in some of the gaps, and tell us what happens in this episode? What, what's called civilization? What is civilization? All right. Yes. So, uh, hey, there's a planet full of life forms. Let's go visit. The Vulcan says no, so now we have to. Hoshi even gets some cute bumps on her head and then disappears from the story entirely. But instead of exploring their culture, let's skulk around in the dead of night and break in at her because we detected a power source that seems a little weird, and that's plenty of reason to break into this antique shop. And wait, there's a cute apothecary lady for the cap to get it, to get involved with. Never mind the prime directive. Oh, wait again, that doesn't exist yet. But I bet this will be exhibit A in the eventual court case that creates it. So, <clears throat> we figure out the uh, antique shopkeeper is another alien, and he's an explorer, too. And there's no reason to look in his basement. It's certainly not a murder basement or anything, <laughs> and he's surely not shipping Akali meat to the tastiest bitter. Well, Apothecary Lady and Kid Archer solve the mystery of the poison drill with science. And there's kissing and lizard men, and stuff blows up real good, and T'Pol becomes... Ball beams the weird power generator out into space where it'll be no trouble at all. <laughs> I, I don't think you can make that reference yet. Oh, I, I think it doesn't exist yet. Not until season I mean, four. Our show is fine. What's yeah? <laughs> when they beam to the future past of the mirror alternate future past. Yeah, the old future past. Yeah, there's got to uh -huh. be a trouble episode wait. at some point. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll you'll see. They actually end up in a thing from the original series, but that's that's for another Ugh. time. All right then. Yeah, this uh, this was boring. Very this was fucking boring as hell. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this is like they the, went to a Renfest. Yeah, the adventures of boring McBoring and his boring Renfest adventures. Yeah, it looked like they were in Da Vinci's workshop for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you mean Da Vinci from Voyager or Da Vinci from Hudson Hall? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, I, I guess it's got to be from Voyager because, uh, you know, he doesn't I mean, then at uh, least we've got, fly uh, off the roof we've got or Sala. Yeah, at least you got John Reese davies there. But <laughs> yeah, I'm digging not, in the wrong here. place. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, and, and this was actually my bad thing. They did not even try to make this look even like remotely alien. And I get the whole point is that it's supposed to be like Primitive Earth. I understand that. Yeah. yeah but, like, can we talk like, the, like my, my whole problem with this episode, and we'll get to it in a minute, trust me, um, <laughs> is the fact that they find this planet, this inhabited planet that has no warp contact whatsoever. So we're talking mm -hmm. about like sort of renaissance era i guess but yeah. like they land on this planet and they start fucking around on it but they don't really fuck up in any particular way you know like because the planet is so close to earth like everything they do nobody really questions it yeah. yeah i mean they got they got some ridges on their heads sort of but that's it everything else was exactly the same like they knew what dogs were yeah. like yeah, like Archer mentions his dog, and the woman knows what it is. Well, even the shop maybe had his a translator grandfather. Was... Yeah, what's that? Oh, I'm sorry, grandfather clock. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you you cut me off in mid rant there, Bob. Come on. <laughs> the shop had a fucking grandfather clock in it. Mm -hmm. Like, are you even trying? Like the when when uh, when uh, lady type who's like Archer's girlfriend for this one episode asked him his name, yeah, who, who we all liked but could not remember her name. Yeah. She's like, what's your name? And he goes, John. And she sort of looks at him like that's a name she's never heard before. But I'm waiting for her to be all like, well, that's a nonsense word. Or like, you just de you just described our word for the bottom of the foot. Yeah, your your name is genital wart? Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and like pretty much anything whole- he said, she didn't react. I mean, like, even the, you know, here's this amazing thing that's built in the underground and, you know, the force fields and all this crap. And she's like, I don't know, Wait, that that's a pretty button. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they used um they used kind of a stock character they had. I remember from a next gen episode, but I know they've used this character other times. This like the person who's kind of ahead of their time in the primitive planet, the person who's mm-hmm. thinking about science and who's going to move things forward for yeah. everyone and like I've seen this character so many times and the actor was pretty good. She was she wasn't bad and, yeah. and I I liked her okay. It's just they didn't bring anything new to this type of character. No, that's the same thing I've seen before. The episode felt a lot like Star Trek four, but without any of the charm, you know, there's no Uh, fish. There's no fish out of water stuff. It's like, it was the story of how everything went pretty. Okay. And that's a terrible way to have a TV show. Yeah, but at least even then, the marine biologist was like, wait, what? Oh, whoa, a starship. Wow. Exactly. And like in this episode, she was like, huh, I haven't seen that before. No, she literally watched (laughs) an alien abduct some boxes and went, well, that was kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah. No, and she's an apothecary, which, I mean, you can read right into that how fucking like backwards and stupid she is. (laughs) Come on, this stuff should be awesome. You know, if I mix some sands together, I might get a different type of sand. Hmm. I assume that's how apothecaries work. Yeah. Hoping to light the fuse of Matt's hatred of technophobes. Are you thinking (laughs) of alchemists, Matt? No, she wasn't trying to turn sand into gold. (laughs) (laughs) Or into Smurfs, I'm not really sure which. No, he was trying to eat the sand. Come on. Is that what Gargamel was? Is he an alchemist? I think so, yeah. That's actually true. He actually is, yes. I learned something today. Some, sometimes Gargamel was trying to turn Smurfs into gold. Sometimes he was trying to eat them. And I was never clear on, like, in any given episode, which one, which thing he was trying to do. Hmm. And right. neither was yes, he. he was. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a cat named after a demon. All, all I know is that he also wrapped his feet in, like, bunches of socks. Yeah. Well, you know, it's cold in the uh, wherever the fuck. But like, he didn't wear them like socks. He just wrapped his feet in socks. Yeah, that's not how socks work, Gargamel. It's more insulating than grass. Get your shit together. Uh, I would say that's Hanna Barbera's fault. Did Hanna Barbera? I don't think Hanna Barbera made the Smurfs. I'm pretty sure they did. Mm. Otherwise, we would have had the Smurfs meet Yogi Bear at Christmas or something. Yeah, wasn't it Sumbo or something? Maybe maybe Peo protected his. his his intellectual property. Hey, yes, Hanna Barbera. Listen what huh. I say. <laughs> so anyway, I'm glad we got well, that settled. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it's not that much of a diversion because, like, um, th- this whole thing took place in fucking like the the idealized Renaissance period mm-hmm. that like the Smurfs or like any any dumb fantasy thing that doesn't really think out its environment does, mm-hmm. where it's like. Uh, there's none of the bad things. There's none of like the plague or the the like indentured what? servitude or whatever. No, it's, it's all just, just idealized TV renaissance. Basically, yeah. Every, Every, everyone's wearing <laughs> or something. Uh, well, yeah, because an alien showed up. But na- the natural setting of this planet was like everyone lives like fucking Michelangelo, and they're all fine. Yeah, <laughs> until like, Dean all Cain showed up, and ain't that always the way? And, well, <laughs> yeah, he's not Dean Cain. Let's Superman? be clear, he's a Dean Cain knockoff. It did look like Dean Cain, though. Yeah. A bit like Dean Cain, with, like, uh, cornflakes glued mm. to his face. <laughs> like the unholy alliance of Dean Cain and Edward James Olmos. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. <clears throat> Edward James so Dean Cain. <laughs> Can you think of anything uh, more monstrous? Uh, yeah. 
I definitely can. <laughs> I mean, I just watched Neelix for two years. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, speaking of bad things, Bob, what do you got? Uh, I was kind of disappointed that uh, the, the power reactor that Archer said was going to blow up half the city when uh, T'Pol beamed it out into space and then blew it up to try and damage the ship that was attacking them. It only managed to, like, fizzle out enough energy to disable shields on the ship instead of blowing it to smithereens, which honestly is is what I thought was going to happen because T'Pol had this gleefully vindictive look in her eyes when she mm. beamed it out there. It's like, oh my god, she's like... <laughs> really into uh, blowing up the ship and then it just like, eh, no, we'll just disable their shields and, you know, kick them in the pants and send them on their way. I, see, see, I think that's a scale thing. I think, like, a, a city made out of stone and wood is, is like, tiny, you know, and, and easy to blow up versus a ship with energy shields around it. Sure. I, I guess. I don't know. I just felt like the city, you know, the ship has got to not be as big as a city, I would think, but I don't know. No, but it's stronger than a than a primitive city. It's made out of stronger metals. And stronger than a primitive city. <laughs> right. All right. Well, then my second Able bad to... thing is that the the lizard V guys didn't eat any mice. <laughs> no, they should have well, eaten some more mice. <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely should have eaten some mouses. <laughs> no, they, they did have the, the face peel lizard guy underneath thing, although you only saw like half of one face briefly. It's not like we saw what these guys look like like on the yeah. ship or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure they were perfectly normal humans except for their lizard faces. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's my theory. That's how, that's how the show rolls. And the thing is they were they like for the like four or five episodes in a row they had some really solid alien design. And they like this week they kinda got kinda lazy. This weekend, next, like the, these, both these episodes felt real lazy yeah, to me. Makeup next, wise, the, the next one because they resurrected a, a classic, uh, well, semi-classic uh, alien race from a previous mm -hmm. Star Trek. They're kind of locked into that, so that's that's not really. They're not they're not trying to design something new, so they can't all be I don't winners. Think that counts. I just I, yeah. I I can almost picture it's like okay, we need an alien that we're going to use for ten seconds. Fucking just throw together a lizard mask or something. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't care. Hey, you remember that chick Diana these... from V? Let's make it a boring guy instead. <laughs> I don't think anyone else remembers that except me and you, Bob. <laughs> I, I know Robert Englund really was well. on it. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. But that's just because I know what Robert Englund gets up to most of the time. <laughs> oh. What's yeah, he up to right. these wasn't days, he man? Like a... hmm? What's he up to these days, man? Making documentaries with Heather Langenkamp just over and over again. Huh. All right. This has been the Robert Englund moment. <laughs> Now, Matt, what was your bad thing about this episode, not about Robert Englund? Oh, there's nothing bad about Robert Englund, Al. Uh, okay. Uh, that, that's the guy who played Michael Myers, right? Close enough. Okay. No, that was no, that was Vincent Hodder, Al. Jesus. Wait, no, he was wearing a William Shatner Kane mask. Hodder. Fuck, I, I, oh, man, I ruined that. <laughs> Good. Now, what was your bad thing about this Enterprise the episode? The plan to just wander around on this pre-warp planet and just tromp around like a bunch of fucking idiots just to once again spite the fucking Vulcan just makes me so angry. Uh, yeah. Well, we didn't send, they didn't send us out here to send, to just send out probes. No, Captain Moron, they sent you out here to monitor and maintain those probes. I'm so sick of these <laughs> morons going out and breaking everything because they're so fucking stupid. Yeah, this has been one or the other of our bad thing, like, every week so far because it's yeah. terrible. Like, here's the thing. I, I know that, like, they're doing this because, like, they don't have... There's no prime directive yet to tell them not to, basically. 
But once again, this episode starts with T'Pol going, well, the Vulcans don't think you should do that. And she's right. You mm-hmm. don't just yeah. fucking put on a mask and go fuck around on some primitive culture you don't know shit about. Uh, we see the original series guys do that. We see the next-gen guys do that. Like, this is not something that goes away. They put on masks and wander around all the time. That's true. Yeah. I'm still mad about just, it, though. They're more careful to, to not interfere in the later series than they are here, but... Uh, it just I, feels. No, I, it feels like there's uh, there's some vindictiveness on the part of all of the Starfleet guys, and even you know, especially like the Admiral, where it's just like, oh, these Vulcans have been you know lording their knowledge over us for a hundred years, and now we're gonna mm-hmm. get back at them. It just, I don't know. It feels. Why are you getting I, back at them? Why don't you just do what's best for you and whatever culture you run into? Just ignore yeah. the Vulcans. There, there's nothing so I I hate more than the idea that the that Starfleet was founded on spite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, especially spite against a race that we thought was one of the cornerstones of the of the whole mythos. You know, like, like yeah. it just makes me Suddenly angry. They're the bad guys. How no, how lit like how little anyone on working on the show seems to actually care about like like you guys are making the history of Star Trek like and there's a lot like that's interesting and you just mm-hmm. keep fucking it up. Well, and I've read quotes from Braga and Berman who thought. They thought what they were doing was a clever twist. Oh, you thought the Vulcans were BFF, but guess what? They're the bad guys. <sighs> Nobody they're, wants that. I mean, not, somebody probably does, but I don't want that. They're not they're, even I the mean, bad look, guys. there's they're a way to do that parents. and make it interesting, but they're not good enough writers to, to do it. Well, yeah. There is that. Uh, but there, there were good things, right? We found some good things? I already talked about Archer's sure. lady friend, right? That was mine. Oh, okay. Bob, what do you got? Uh, I it was a little thing, but I really loved the drawings that they did for the uh, the apothecary's journals. It was like mm. real kind of uh, Codex Seraphinianus kind of stuff. It was really cool. Is that is that where you get the Codex so you can build the gold machine? At, uh... <laughs> no, it is not a Hudson Hawk reference. Damn it! <laughs> when is it going to be a Hudson Hawk reference? <laughs> There was a codex in that. He stole it from the Vatican yeah. with some uh, cooking oil and he mailed it <laughs> to the Vatican. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, crazy elephant. And the and the the, the Pope was watching uh, Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's some of the like. Okay, yeah, I don't like that everything looked just like the idealized version of Earth's Renaissance. I really don't mm-hmm. like that. But that said, there was some good production design. Like, oh yeah, I don't like the choice that like the direction they went in, but. They did do a good job with it. You're definitely right about mm-hmm. that. Yep. Like, some of the costumes looked, like, again, not very inspired, but still well-made. It was, yeah. yeah. And, um, some of it was a little red festy, but, yeah. Yeah. No, once you get past that, though, the actual, like, design and construction of them is good. It's just mm-hmm. the, the, the the initial concept was not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was a decent-looking episode, I would say. Yeah. And, again, more natural light, more, like, outdoor-y stuff than previous Trek series. I've been noticing that more and more, like... Yeah, like they're on a back lot a lot of the time, but there's still actual sunlight, and there appears to be sunlight coming in through uh, what's her name's like uh, windows. Which yeah, cool. like, yeah. I mean, that's part of uh, this episode in general. I kind of felt like, oh, we have this back lot available. Let's write a story mm-hmm. around it. Mm. It seems like but. they finally stopped using Planet Hell, or they're using it a lot less, and that's nice. <laughs> I, uh, that I at think least they makes must me have. happy. Like they know they're shooting in HD now, so it's like. Mm. Yeah, let's yeah. tear down this paper mache and build some new paper mache that looks. Better. Yeah, exactly. Let's make it look <laughs> slightly better. <laughs> right. Um, my good thing. Oh, uh, so the bad guy who who Matt thinks looks like uh, Dean Kane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he had a pretty cool Orson Wellesish kind he of. He really voice. does. Yeah. 
it's this deep sort of like menacing kind of like a, a little melodramatic but in a good way like that kind of thing mm, the melorian champagne mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh the romulan ale <laughs> yep but uh, i mean that's about it i didn't really like the character this is a lot like, of shit you know so he was he was down there like I don't know making a pollution factory. Yeah, he was like totally making a pollution factory. Yeah, they were mining just, something. Okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. Yeah, Gotta right. get that unobtainium. Yeah. No, I mean the thing is the the like a lot of hard sci-fi stuff has decent stories about mining in space, like like finding rare elements on planets mm-hmm. is is a thing. That's a that's a that's a motivation. I get that, but mm-hmm. it's still just. There should be more to it character-wise is all. Like, this feels like another example of a decent premise ruined by nothing going on character-wise. Yep. Yeah, it was very, like, cardboard villain, like, oh, I've I've got to take this, you know, mining whatever thing I'm mining away. And, yeah, and who cares about these primitive people? Let yeah, them die. Not going to make yeah, a deal with them and let them die, <laughs> pollute their environment. Who cares? And, and then Archer, like, the whole time just, like, uh, going through all the beats of a Kirk story, only he's not Kirk. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, his translator breaks. He just starts making out with the chick, even though they've shown no romantic interest in each other at all, just to to cover for the fact that they can't understand each other. Just, yeah. Ugh, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop it. If I don't know. They, like, they definitely, like, they, they definitely had the flirty thing going on, but, like, certainly not enough for him to just grab her and start making out with her on the street because he had no other plan. Yeah, it no, feels like they're trying his to... lips on her. Yeah, like like they're trying to make him into Kirk with, like, you know, uh, let's that, do the sexist charm. thing and punching a lot and just, yeah. like, it, okay, this doesn't quite work anymore. It's not the 60s. No. Well, that and he's not charming. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, there's also no natural, that. like... <laughs> That's the thing about Chris Pine. He does a lot of that stuff, but he's super charming. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, he's a dick, but oh, look at him. <laughs> and Archer just does not have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it was like he stumbled into her lips or something instead of yep. <laughs> it yeah. being a, t- yep. a tender moment. Whoops. Yeah, he's <laughs> checking his phone the whole time. I fell on your lips. Whoops. Now he's just like, the more I watch this, the more I'm just like, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. I mean, his whole motive is don't do what the girl says. Yeah. Still, you know. like, how many episodes yeah. into this are we? I think this is seven or eight, something like what that. What are we on, like, 374? Like, <laughs> There's less than 100 episodes of the show, Matt, so. So 862? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Feels about right. <laughs> are you, do you still have Voyager fatigue? Is that the problem? Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You guys got anything else? Uh, looking over not was, my notes because I, my, I had a power outage while I was writing them and they all got deleted. Oh no! I I really enjoyed. There was one line from uh, Tapal when she like finally gets back in contact with Archer. Is like, "Are you all right? They they said you'd been killed. Are you sure you aren't dead? Am I talking <laughs> to you right check. now? Nope. <laughs> Are you right? They said you'd been killed. Oops. Sorry about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're right. Blech. You're right. I have. <laughs> Thought you were dead. All right. Sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. That just made me think about the Brown Squadron. Yeah, that's exactly what. <laughs> oh my god, so good. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Let's move well, on to the other boring episode. Well, we need to do uh, our alternate titles. Right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think I have a quote too. Oh yeah, okay. Let's let's hear your quote. All right. Do you want to set it up, or you want me to just play the quote? <laughs> just play it. 
Let's try not to shoot anyone else while we're here, okay? I'll try. All right. Don't put your dicks in anything, okay? <laughs> That's a good quote. Yes, I'll whatever. try. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm just going to be thrusting my pelvis like this. If I happen to put my dick in something, that's that's the planet's fault. I'm <laughs> God, they really are like just. I know. What What is going on? Why are they putting their dicks in everything? Just bumbling morons <laughs> flying through space, ruining everything. Uh, yeah. Humans are terrible. Yeah, they pretty much are. I've been saying that. All my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is supposed to be the show we watch where we're like, you know what? Humans are okay. We might make it after all, and I don't really feel like that one. No. No. It doesn't get better. Uh, not not so far. <laughs> no. I mean, they're wearing sneakers, so that's something, I guess. Sure. Sneakers. Uh, all that, right. That's what they said Did about, you... like, marketing this show. They just kept saying that over and over Do again. Do you mean like tennis shoes? In sneakers. No. I, no. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, tenny pumps. You mean trainers? Uh. No, I do not. Bob, you got an alternate title for us? Uh, oh, yeah, I do. How to succeed in tainting a civilization forever without really trying. It's pretty good. <laughs> Taint. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Sid Meier's A Bunch of Morons from Space Ruin Everything. <laughs> it's less a title and more a philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Mine references a specific scene that went on for, I don't know, seven hours. Uh-huh. And it's... Uh, the woman wants to push yellow, but the man wants to push blue. <laughs> a study in suspense. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they're they're arguing over which button to push for an entire act of the episode, <laughs> and for no like, there's very little at stake. I don't care. The captain's not going to die. Everything's going to be fine. Come I on. do like when they push the button and it's wrong, and then he just starts uh, panicking and pushing the other button like it'll fix. Yeah, push the red one and the green one, and yeah. So we're not even we're we're just off the map with this yellow versus blue thing now, huh? Yep. <laughs> Ugh. Take the yellow pill. Does nobody else does nobody else care about uh, perimeter but me. <laughs> no, <I>, nope. <laughs> um, pushing forward to the slightly more interesting, but still not terribly interesting. Mm-hmm. Fortunate son. So the fake Enterprise has been in space for like six weeks now, finally making their way into space that's completely unexplored by humans. So naturally, it's time for them to come most of the way back to Earth because they're the only ship in the sector that can respond to a distress call. Credit where it's due, though. Since they're literally the only ship, this previously absurd trope actually makes sense this time. The distress call in question comes from the Fortunate, a freighter like one of the ones that Travis grew up on. Turns out they, the, the Fortunate, not Travis, are having problems with Nausicaan pirates. You remember the Nausicaans, right? Back when Captain Picard was stabbed through the heart, they were to blame. They gave alien design a bad name. Because of their weird, highly impractical external teeth. Anyway, I guess they're pirates? I mean, sure, we already established the Orions, or Orions, but these guys work too, I guess. I think I was just hoping, since Bob's on this week, that we get a little green people action. <laughs> anyway, the crew of the Fortunate don't appreciate being attacked by pirates and take one of the Nausicans as a secret basement hostage. This apparently is not actually illegal, and also Starfleet has no jurisdiction over Earth ships, which doesn't the Navy, or at least the Coast Guard, actually do that now? I guess we're not borrowing from this part of the naval tradition. With the captain of the fortunate unconscious, unconscious, I can say that word, the first officer assumes the role of guy who's doing the Moby Dick thing this week and decides to hunt down and kill as many Nausicans as possible, which is also technically not actually illegal. Archer nonetheless actually decides this might be a good time to intervene and smooth things over a bit, resulting in fewer dead Nausicans and also slightly less angry Nausicans. <laughs> 
Also, the Fortunate's captain wakes up and shuts this shit down, which means that Archer actually successfully defused a tense situation that might have lasting repercussions for other people later. Great! That's one in a row, Captain. Your longest streak to date. <laughs> he, uh, I should also point out he listened to T'Pol, and that's why this worked. Wow. It was her suggestion to be diplomatic and try to talk his way out of this thing instead of fighting. Almost like she knows what she's doing. Yeah, almost. Huh. So is that a realization, uh, like a moment of growth? Is it, are things going to be better from now on? I mean, you've seen ahead. We haven't. So oh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> we'll check in next. We'll check in next episode for what will inevitably be Captain. Don't go down to that planet. It's full of spikes. Well, let's go to the spike planet, <laughs> Captain. I think T'Pol might be a traitor again. God damn it! She's colluding oh, with the spikes. <laughs> She's colluding Probably with seven is. of nine. <laughs> I mean, that would be okay. Mm. Then seven of nine would be in the show. Yeah, yep. I've come back in time to save you from a terrible TV show. <laughs> well, you're too late. We've seen everything. <laughs> no, it'll it'll just be uh, what's his head with the eye patch. You know, special boy. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, the uh, eye patch. oh, uh, e- uh, future Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Evil future Harry. God damn it! It's like uh, Billy Quiz Boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was gonna say. Case Cutchington? <laughs> who are you talking about? <laughs> some, some kind of pi- well, there were pirates in this. So no. there's, the, there's your eye patch connection. Yeah, the eye patch connection would have been a much better title for this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I should have thought of that. That'd be better than the one I came up with. <laughs> I, I noticed your alternate title says like this, but funny. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, I never came back to rewrite it. <laughs> well, you got the next 20 minutes or so while we discuss this. To think <laughs> if you go quiet for a minute, we'll know what's going on. Uh, all right. <laughs> some We've quiet, some it. muffled keyboard sounds. <laughs> We've all done it. Don't pretend like you haven't. Mm-hmm. One one particular regular guest was writing his summary while we were discussing the first episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember that. I won't say who. Wow. But if you can guess, you win a prize. No, my uh-huh. keyboard is too loud. I can't do that. Mm. <laughs> I think this particular guest was using the uh, the mute function, the, the cough button. <laughs> so this episode had some okay stuff. It wasn't, like, perfect by any means. But I mean, it, it was it almost had... interesting. Yeah. I, I mean... I and actually, all of us had some uh, some angle of uh, Travis for a good thing, did we not? Yeah. Because yep. uh, interesting character, we want to learn more about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, Bob, technically you don't because you uh, <laughs> well, got there first. I saw that wanted. both of you had it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. I guess I can't take that. Then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine was, um, yeah, I like him, and it's cool. We got an episode that fleshed out his backstory a bit more. We learned about him, like, what these uh, cargo ships are about. Like, they can only go, what is it, warp two, I think? Yeah, uh, 1.5. Right. And because, oh, that's right. They were talking about upgrading to two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 1.5 is all they can do right now. And um, and how it works out there, like, they're kind of almost generation ships because everyone's out there for so long that they end up just fucking and having kids. Yeah, I love the <laughs> idea of, like, the, like I'm, wa- I'm watching this, and it, like... The, just the idea of having not just generation ships, but generation family business ships where mm. like you have your kids and they're expected to grow up and take over the ship from you and, you know, keep running. Yeah. Or. Yeah, and, and Travis kind of disappointed his, his family, like, like everyone who joined Starfleet ever mm. disappointed his father. No one has ever been happy that you've joined Starfleet. No, no father has ever been proud that their kid wanted to join Starfleet. And Which is the one time we 
saw father trying to get his kid to join Starfleet was Jake, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to because he's a fucking writer. Yep, but, fucking uh, yeah. writer. Ah, and, and it's I'm, weird, too, because literally everyone in Star Trek is in Starfleet. So you'd think one person would be proud of their of their kid for joining Starfleet, but no. <laughs> Even I, Data's I, dad I, thought he was wasting his time. We never... <laughs> That's true. We never actually met him in the original continuity, but the the implication was that George Kirk was proud of of Jim. Mm. But, uh, that yeah, well, never actually happened dead. canonically. So, yeah, and it never happened canonically. Like yeah. it, it, you know, in the JJ universe, we know he was in Starfleet. Blah blah blah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But or, uh, original like prime George Kirk, we don't know that. I guess Kirk's father was. figure was proud of him in the in the Abrams universe. Yeah. So that's something. But um, no, I like and and I don't know that I like. The idea that these kids are just born into, like, well, you, you're a blue-collar worker, and that's all you can ever be, so mm-hmm. get used to it, and then have a kid and die. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, I, I like it in the sense that it's an interesting thing to do, but I don't like it in the sense that it seems awful. <laughs> I mean, the I mean? thing like, is, you get born on a ship that's going somewhere and is going to take years to go somewhere. Yeah, guess what? You're not going anywhere. Yeah, that was, that was fascinating. Out how to- that was fascinating to me goes. that it was like the the trade routes, you know, could take years to get yeah. from one place to the other. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, I, that seems even worse than, you know, kind of the age of sailing ships on Earth where mm-hmm. it, it would at most it would be, you know, months, a couple right? months. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and um, this is another like I like that they're taking things that I've seen and I'm sure we've all seen everyone's read science fiction like from from sort of classic hard sci-fi stories like yeah before faster than light travel or like on the very low end of the faster than light scale like mm-hmm. it would still take a really long time space is big mm-hmm. and yeah don't just take it for granted like you do in all of the star trek that you can just zip wherever you want in in little time like it takes a really long time to get places and i, I like that i well, like I mean, that we're exploring that a little bit that yeah. was one of the things i liked about like you know alien you know that was all about like just a working class ship well, that takes yeah. forever to get anywhere no there's there's tons of good sci-fi stories about just how big space is and how long yeah. it takes to get places practically speaking yeah i'll see you yeah. in five years i have to go get these rocks and bring them home <laughs> yeah and although I, but they're awake the whole oh. time instead of sleeping in pods like an alien that's so true. Yeah. i guess that's why right. they're having kids well they even there was even a cute line of dialogue about yeah they're they're just stuck together all the time and they fight but then they they make up and that's where kids come from yep <laughs> it's kind of cute um but no, I like the concept, and I like that they did a decent job of the sort of, okay, this is the old way of doing things, but now the Enterprise is here, and mm. we've got more ships on the drawing board, and you guys, like, we can go warp five, so yeah. you guys are, are soon to be, like, history, and they don't like it, and I like... Anytime Star Trek deals with that, with the move forward or progress, like that's a very classic sci-fi thing. Progress, Absolutely. like technology moving forward and how people feel about being left behind by new technology and stuff like that. It's like, okay, it's very- I mean, it's great that we've got the, you know, that you guys are zipping around and shit, but I'm going to be out of a job. Yeah. No, and again, it's a very classic science fiction thing to uh, explore the human impact of technology. And I like did an okay job of that, I thought. I, I really like the idea that people in Star Trek still have jobs at this point that have to, like, you know, these are guys that that are, like, living paycheck to paycheck, which is not something that well, they, has happened in recent Trek. they got to buy those sneakers. Yeah, exactly, from the oh, sneaker wait. store. Does that mean they still have money? I guess. I assume, <laughs> they haven't actually said that yet, but I assume so. Hmm. I, I assume mean, until until they properly form the Federation, yeah. they, pro- they still uh, like have all that kind of Earth stuff. Hmm. Oh, like so that's sort of the official, like you know, the forming of the Federation. I thought was like sort of the end of money. 
Mm. I that's my that's my assumption. I don't know that that is a total guess on my part. Plus, they don't have like replicators or whatever that would make that sort of make sense. Yeah, the whole they have thing about basic replicating. Yeah. The whole thing doing away with money is that you don't like that you can resources are no longer limited that mm-hmm. everyone can just, you know, replicate all the stuff they need. So huh. why have money? Yeah. But isn't aren't replicators the same technology as transporters, right? Instead of like destroying something, turning it into energy and then reformatting it into matter it's, on the other end, you're just pouring energy in and formatting matter in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but yes, it's but, still it, like that stuff's still really early. Like they've talked about how they have yeah. some replicated food on the ship, but like. Have they? I think so, yeah. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, no, they have there food was... dispensers that are voice activated, but I don't think they're actually replicating like, food. In fact, I don't, because I don't think the uh, the original series even had replicators. It did. They were next gen. That's when they were eating cubes and uh, rhubarb. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Because they, they specifically said that they have, you know, a chef on this ship, but it's right. not Neelix, and we don't find out who it is for a while, I guess. Well, that's the, they, <laughs> they made the wise decision to not make the chef a main character this time. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wouldn't even mind if he was an interesting character. I just don't. Or want the to be Swedish chef. Yeah, that, that would be totally <laughs> fine. Oh man, now I want to see that. That would be amazing, right? Yeah. Through to Captain Archer. Yeah, but they're but they're having like uh, the the guy from the cargo ship was like, oh my god, is this a real steak? So yeah. I, it seemed like he was just eating MREs or something on his ship. Right. Well, and and again, there's an analogy for uh, like naval travel because on submarines they get really good food. That's one of the things like they make an extra effort to do because it's so horrible being down there. They actually take up a little extra cargo space to make sure they have like steak and lobster and stuff. Huh. No kidding! Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I worked with navy guys. I didn't know that before they told me that. But yeah, apparently they they like a whole section of the sub is just like good food. I mean, it's frozen, but uh-huh. it's still, like higher quality food than you would expect that makes a lot of sense because living on they're the stuck in a must have been a tin nightmare. can for six months yeah <laughs> yeah, you gotta have something to look forward to <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so the meals are good yeah. so, and that might just be officers also the guy i talked to was like an officer on a sub that might like the, <laughs> the enlisted guys might still get crap i don't know <laughs> yeah fuck the fuck the ra- the regular guys here's a bowl yeah, of cheerios <laughs> yep <laughs> cheerios if you're lucky oh man they're just barnacles <laughs> here's a bowl of crackling goat bran <laughs> no, come on! They're in the bread? deep ocean. They're they're eating shrimpos. <laughs> oh man, I remember shrimpos. Yeah, nobody else does. Uh, um, but no, I like I like the concept of all this stuff. All mm. that said, I did not care for this vindictive captain guy, which was my bad thing. Yeah, right. Pull out your Trek cliche cards because it's time for a captain is obsessed with revenge to the detriment of his crew. I thought Flonk said the Moby Dick thing happened with Archer later. Maybe he caught it from these guys. Maybe it's like contagious. Mm. I swear to God, the easiest thing in the universe is to hand a guy a ship and then make and then send him off to look for revenge. Yep. <laughs> like eight out of ten guys in Star Trek do that, and then we make serious yep. about the other two percent. Mm-hmm. So Very many much. white whales. Yep. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, that Nazican makeup gets real fucking cheap since the last time we saw them. See, I think I improved it a little. I just think the fact that it's in HD makes it... I mean, like, you oh, could be right about that. This wasn't the best I went, design. I went and looked up some pictures from the, uh, the, the, uh, Tapestry. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was the, uh, the Nazican... I mean, they've been in other stuff, but that's sort of the one I, I know that they were in. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it. They look. I will say they look better, but it's, there's also some real dark lighting to cover up uh, any yeah. uh, any flaws in the makeup. Whereas we're just staring straight into their faces in this one. 
Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the very best, but uh, you know, I I do like I I legit like that they were trying to they didn't give them much, mm-hmm. but I like mm-hmm. that they were revisiting a, a race that we'd seen before. Like it's not all new guys. I just no. and I had this complaint about the Andorians last was it last, yeah last week, but like God, these guys just come off like like generic Klingons, you know. Not every aggressive race is a Klingon, though. No, yeah, they, no, they, they don't they have any honor. They all seem to act that way. Yeah, just no, they're pissed, pirates. Like, they're, just pissed off different. guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm with Bob. Like they, they didn't do the whole honor thing. Like it's, it's a different thing. It's just, know, it's super not, fucking generic. And they've been. I mean, yeah, they. I guess they, they have, have been kind of aggressive because the only other time we've seen them is that episode of tng right so mm. yeah it's well they've you know, been in the background and stuff i think they were hanging out in ds9 a bit but yeah yeah, yeah. as far as being featured they show yeah. up from time to time they're mostly just like they, they feel like henchmen like a race of henchmen yeah basically yeah I, mean, I mean i don't know you gotta have those you gotta have some guys to, to show up and start some shit sometimes but mm. like i said i if you're going old school if you're going pre-original series and you're going with pirates you've already said the orions are pirates why yeah. don't you do the orions but hmm. yeah whatever yeah. I, I I don't know, Bob. What do you think about their look? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's so bad. I feel like you know, if if they had a much bigger budget, we would see like you know maybe their mandibles articulating or whatever, and they would make That'd more sense cool. instead of the things you know just stuck in front of their mouths. But it's not bad. Fair enough. Well, I mean, your your overall good thing was like the the like some uh, production design stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I guess you know since this episode of Pa is my first real look at them. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the costume design, especially for uh, all of this. It's, you know, mm. they're not like the, even the Noskin leather jackets, they kind of, they feel like real world things to me and not like, you know, the, the weird, I don't know, super colorful cartoon <laughs> fabrics that they use sometimes. And yeah. uh, the Starfleet uniforms too. They're, I mean, they're not so colorful, but they feel like a nice bridge between the current NASA jumpsuits and mm-hmm. the future Starfleet stuff. So yeah, a lot of the production design in the show feels that way to me. Like the the bridge of the and the NX01 exterior, and it just it kind of feels a little bit closer to current real world stuff, like a near future. Excuse me, like a near future realistic feel to it instead of the like super sleek, you know, really, you know, 250 years in the future stuff where it just kind of feels like magic. It feels like a little bit more, you know, there's a little bit more real world, like this is how it works to uh, well, yeah, the, the thought of the design. Mm, that's what I said from the beginning was I don't really like I didn't think this is a story that needed to be told. I'm not really super keen on this premise, but if we're doing it, that is one of the advantages of doing it. It's yeah. Kind of, the missing link, kind of showing yeah. how we got from from like what we are today to like Kirk. Yeah, you know, they they do some pretty good stuff. I just we, like it's not that the uniforms aren't colorful enough so much as the uniforms are not super colorful, and then the bridge is all gray and yeah. the ship is gray. Everything's just so gray. I wish there was just a little yeah. more color, but that's apart from that. I I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, but that that feels like a little more like current day military to me where mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah those uniforms definitely look like i've always liked those uniforms even at, like when i'm most down on the show i still like the uniforms mm-hmm. and they they actually worked them into um uh beyond recently which yeah was cool. balthazar oh, yeah. edison was wearing one yeah. yeah but kirk also wore one for a while so. true so but also cool. balthazar edison <laughs> uh, mustn't forget balthazar edison don't you dare what's the no. song matt balthazar edison looking for his pants again <laughs> Nobody could tell where they went. 
Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> uh, Bob, what was your bad thing? Uh, I We've talked about this a little already, but Archer's I know best attitude mm-hmm. is really putting me off. Uh, I mean, here in this episode, he's actually in the right, you know, when he's like, you know, talking to Mayweather, uh, they kind of that, have that conversation halfway through. And it's like, you know, these guys are, they're still humans and they're still kind of representing us and we should do something about the way they're acting toward these guys. But it's just, it's the way that he deals with it is somehow off-putting. Uh, like, even in that conversation, you know, he's completely right, but he comes off as, like, smug future man. Yeah, no. And I'm not sure exactly right. why. If it's a little bit of his delivery or just the way it's written, but it's like, I can't, I can't help but imagine how much better those lines would have come off if Patrick Stewart had been playing them. Uh, but, you know. Or Avery Brooks or Kate Mulgrew or, or yeah. anybody. It just felt like <laughs> there wasn't enough thought behind the action on his part <laughs> the way archer came off it was just felt like oh well now suddenly i you know i care about doing the right thing instead of just going down and trashing somebody else's civilization <laughs> I, I don't know no i'm with you yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's i haven't like the only thing i like about this character so far is sort of the quieter off-duty moments where he's kind of joking around that's it like yeah you know, as a captain i just don't like him at all yeah like he's got some interesting like when he's when he's ribbing trip that's pretty good or like when he was answering the letters from the kids that was yeah cute. like most you know. of the time though he just he's kind of a jerk no when he's on duty when he's full on Captain Archer I don't like him John yeah. Archer seems okay mm-hmm. but uh, Captain mm-hmm. Archer seems like a dick yeah yeah and it's not Bakula I every time because I'm looking real close and I don't like I didn't really watch Quantum Leap I haven't seen Scott Bakula and a lot of other stuff so I don't have much of an opinion of him sure. I'm trying to decide whether it's him it's the actor or the writing it's definitely the writing yeah because yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I don't have him. a preconceived opinion of him and it's it's definitely the writing I've Sorry, seen him in Quantum Leap and there's definitely been you know scenes in there where he's played a similar kind of feel as he did mm-hmm. in this episode and it came out fine and I just yeah. I, I guess there was just something about the wording that just threw me well, and the premise of that show meant that he played a different guy every week, so surely he got to stretch his acting muscles a fair amount over the course of however long that show was on. Right, and it was, and his character had to be thoughtful about, like, okay, I'm in this new situation, how do I act in a proper way that, you know, where I'm considering the people's feelings in this current situation because I'm going right. to be gone in two days and they're going to have to deal with my fallout. So he actually thought of the consequences of his actions, which is more than... <laughs> Right, exactly. Hey, Bob, did the people he leapt into ever remember that he was in them? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Hmm. Well, there's one way to find out, man. We could watch it. I don't really (laughs) think that's necessary. (laughs) I mean, I'm with you, but when we get to that point, uh, when we're finished with Discovery and waiting for more Discovery and we're watching other shows that may come up. Oh, no, listen, when we do that, we're definitely watching an episode of Quantum Leap, but that's it. Uh-huh. One episode of Quantum Leap. I don't know. I kind of want to turn that into another Tron thing where I never watch. <laughs> and that's despite Bob's kid, because Duncan has gone on and on about how I need to see Quantum Leap because it's great. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, so in the tradition of Bob going on and on about Tron? Yeah, of, uh, oh, yeah. exactly. Like I'm always of, doing. Of spiting, yeah, of spiting a Bosco to not watch a thing. <laughs> Listen, Bob, for as long as I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Have you seen Tron? It's so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a part where they play arcade games. It's amazing. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't care. And plus, they use Jeff Bridges' technology. 
oh, which at the time was just Jeff putting <laughs> Jeff Bridges in a movie. <laughs> yeah, see, now I like uh, uh, like Starman. That had Jeff Bridges technology. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Like uh, The Big Lebowski. That had Jeff Bridges technology. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, this episode. <laughs> yeah, oh, brought yeah. to you by um, Jeff Bridges technology. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of actors I didn't much care for, the guy, uh, the, the <laughs> captain on the, the... Ryan was his name. Not a very menacing... Uh, antagonist yeah from the, uh, the, 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 the some of the most threatening star trek protagonists like khan and, and clang brings us ryan <laughs> oh no he's going there's, to do improv <laughs> <laughs> there's other people named ryan I oh <laughs> probably i can't think of no. any right now but uh yeah, the it, it was i mean that was a little bit of it but mostly it was the character i mean or the actor rather just did not pull off the intensity you need like i mean at this point I, th- I feel like I'm an expert on Star Trek characters doing the obsessive Moby Dick thing. I can sure. compare and contrast like 10 different characters who have done this. And he's probably at the bottom of the scale. Mm-hmm. Like he was the least impressive of all the various characters I've seen do that. Yeah. Just did not did not sell it for me. Mm-hmm. Not, not eye-patchy enough. No, definitely, definitely not, not eye-patchy enough. No. Um, I did like all the Travis stuff. We talked about that, but... Uh, Wait, Actually, that... we didn't. We kind of got off topic, and we were just talking about the background of Travis, but the actual stuff about his character. Mm-hmm. Is that a trip? We got... No, 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 no. Malcolm Tuck... Damn it, no. <laughs> I don't know. It's T'Pol. <laughs> so many Travis Mayweather. Ensign Travis Mayweather. I actually, trip like... Travis Tucker... I was, I, I was listening to you guys complain about that in the in previous episodes of the podcast, and I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then when I started trying to describe what was happening, it was yep. like, I have no idea who the hell any of these no, people are. They all have when you're, names. When you're watching the show, when you're watching the show, I imagine your brain is, is using a combination of remembering the name and remembering their face. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you just have to talk about it, that it gets complicated. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's what keeps happening. It's, I, I, like, I still I, have to check if I'm looking at Malcolm or, or uh, Tucker. I was having a really hard time remembering that Trip and Tucker are the same guy. Right? <laughs> <Yep>. Thank you. <laughs> I kept thinking that Trip and Travis were the same guy, and they are nope. not. Who's that Trip Travising on my bridge? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a nice. It's that kind of story I liked that they would do with Kira, where. Um, she was a sellout mm. where it's like now you've uh, now you're not in the resistance. You've joined like you're basically working for Starfleet now. And oh, you sell out. And it's not quite that extreme, but it was still like, oh, now you're on the fancy warp five ship. You've you forgot oh. your working class roots now. Haven't da. Yeah. And I like that. I like that angle on it because he's like on the one hand, he's super proud and super happy to be on this very first ship going into deep space. But on the other hand, he does feel like he betrayed his people a little bit. And I like that. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, the they, scenes that he has with the other captain, like, kind of uh, pulled that off. I thought. Yeah, the they they have that same thing as the Bajorans, where it's like the very much insular society. We're you know stick to ourselves, yeah. and we're gonna deal with it on our own, and we don't need the law coming around here and messing with things. <laughs> right. No, and I like that kind of story for a character very... to have to look at what they think is a good thing, the right direction of their life, mm-hmm. and have to question it and say, "Well, shit, have I betrayed my?" Uh, my people have yeah. I like yeah. is this really the right thing to do that's, just, a, that's a good generator of drama just mm-hmm. like the Duke boys yeah um, exactly just like them um, in what way is it like the Duke boys because uh, they don't want the law coming around I don't know <laughs> oh. alright fair enough <laughs> Now you got me like, I, I don't remember anything about that show <laughs> no, it was a very poorly formed analogy oh, alright 
I, I thought it was a brilliant analogy that I wasn't understanding. You could have just uh, continued to bluff your way through that. Wait, so when did Quantum Leap leap into one of the Duke boys? <laughs> well, there was this season. This is actually true. There was a season where the two leads like didn't get paid enough for something yep. and left, and they just brought in two ringers. Yep. It was probably that season. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know about that. Suddenly it wasn't Bo and Luke. It was like Fred Boy and, and Vance or something. <laughs> yeah, Fred and Ethel. I think that was it. <laughs> I don't know. The Dukes of Hazzard was on at the same time as Knight Rider, and I always watched the you show with the robot You made the right car. choice there, uh, my friend. No, yeah. uh, my parents watched Dukes of Hazzard, so that's what I saw. Ah, I watched the show with the robot car. <laughs> that sounds better. They were both terrible, let's be clear. But uh, <laughs> as a kid, that's what appealed to me more. Uh, what else? Anything? Mm. I don't know. Well, General Lee never fought Kit. <laughs> Probably. Well, didn't, did you have a, a problem with the word boomer for some reason? What was that uh, about? I like the I like the concept of there being these guys who have only lived in space and have barely been to Earth. Like, that's cool. I just think boomer is a dumb thing to call them. That's All cool. I can oh. think is great. In the future, we still have boomers. Yeah. Is no, that I a th- thing now? Going, well, baby boomers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> No, it sounded to me like, I don't know, a name that, like, certain uh, classes of, you know, the, certain jobs get nicknames, you know, like Roughnecks or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. No, it's it's meant to be the guys, like, it's a generational thing. It's the guys who grew up in space. Yeah. Like, they, mm. said that about, uh, they said that about Travis and, I think, the pilot. Like, oh, he's one of those boomers. He's never been to Earth. Oh. So... So that's what it's meant to. And again, I like the concept. I like the idea that there's a special name for people like, yeah. who've been in deep space so long they haven't been to Earth. I just think it's a dumb name for it. That's oh, cool. okay. I guess I misunderstood. I thought it was like uh, the 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 job of uh, doing the long haul runs was oh. boomers and not ah, nope. the other thing. I can okay. see that. No, because I think it, it also applies to people who grew up in colonies and stuff like that. It's just like the first generation of Earth people who may or may not have even been to Earth. Like, right. We've been in space for so long now that they're just always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They've always been in space, which I think is cool. Yeah. I just think Boomer is a dumb name for it. <laughs> they, sh- they should have called them Boomhowers. That would have been nice. <laughs> they all flying around in space, man. I tell you what. Yeah, much better. <laughs> Anything else? I just like to tip my hat to Mike Judge for how hard that must have been to do on a regular basis. <laughs> yep. Also, you got some kind of a beep happening there. Yep. Oh, there was a, there was a moment rave. where it looked like they were recreating the uh, the blast door scene from the beginning of Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, and and, <laughs> and then the Nausicans just stroll around the corner. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Instead of cutting their way through the wall. Yeah, you're waiting for Vader to dramatically em- emerge after like a cloud of smoke and stormtroopers. Nah. Just, uh, <laughs> Oh, I, whatever. Just some Nosigans in jeans. I do like it's just, a, another uh, production design thing, but I, I like that right now they have uh, they're not continuous phasers; they're more like blasters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, where they just shoot a, a, a single bolt and yeah, a, the a phase screen. pistol. I think that's yeah. a cool like in in between step too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. No, and I like the look of them too. They're very ray gun looking, mm-hmm. very old school ray gun looking. Uh, anything else? Mm, nah. yeah. All right. Um, well, my quote is a nice little moment where uh, T'Pol goes over to the other ship and um, sees some kids playing and does a, a sweet thing. And, uh, of course, no one is around to see it because mm-hmm. T'Pol is nice to some humans and no one could ever possibly know that. Sure. Ready or not, here I come. Have you seen Nadine? No. 
Have you seen Nadine? I'm sorry, I don't know which child is named Nadine. Thanks. I just told him the truth. So I thought that was cute. <laughs> I was only telling the truth. <laughs> uh, what do we got for alternate titles? Bob, what do you got? Oh, God, I haven't rewritten it. Uh, uh, it says, like this, only funny. <laughs> yes. Are you horny, baby? <laughs> Oh, referring Wait, to the Nausicans because they're very horny. Oh, with the horns. Okay, <laughs> very well. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Asteroid aliens from Andromeda. Pretty they're good. not actually got from it. Andromeda. I just like the alliteration. No, yeah, of course you do, <laughs> Stanley motherfucker. That's right, true believer. <laughs> and I went with human play dumb jot because because it's kind of dumb. Yeah, we we all kind of fell on our asses on this uh-huh. I'll, uh, I'll see myself out thank you <laughs> oh no you don't <laughs> we have 700 more episodes of this show to go no there's still 22 minutes left Bob you only have what four three <laughs> three four seasons that he's done one three now. left well and then yep. you know discovery and then discovery but that's a whole other thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah could be good who knows yeah. it won't be could be meat I, I don't could be cake know. Uh, so that's all for this time uh, Bob you got anything you'd like to plug uh, yeah bearing you... in mind that this show posts in two days <laughs> I know you may want to plug might be gone if you're <laughs> if you're listening as soon as it comes out I may still have my Kickstarter going I'm making a uh, tiki mug from my home tiki bar uh, and if you just search for Pele P-E-L-E mm-hmm. Pele tiki mug on Kickstarter you'll find it uh, and, and I'm it, just but gonna... it ends Monday night at 9pm yeah. Pacific so <laughs> Yeah, so the and show will be up say, about 24 hours. These things are hours. fucking gorgeous. Listen fast. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you do also have your other thing. Yeah, I'm still doing the the podcast uh, called The Optical. That is at mm-hmm. opticalpodcast.com. Uh, and you can see more about my other creative stuff at vixenlabs.com. All right. So next week we will tell you another one. <laughs> <laughs> Until then. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.